Hey, welcome back to Cook, Feast, Repeat. It's me, Andrew Oman, with my co-host, Chad Castores. Yes, going back to this, great. <laughs> and we are going off of a quick one. We didn't do too much this week. I didn't have anything of note. Um, I had dirt cake. That's all yeah, I wanted to make. I'm currently camping on this podcast episode. <laughs> this is pre-recorded, so enjoy that. But uh, yeah, so we did two recipes today. We did dirt cake and... Butterbeer cookies yes. with sorting hat M&Ms sorting. for your Harry Potter nerds. Yes. So yeah, it was pretty easy. You want to start Harry Potter try? just because uh, my wife or just because you wanted Butterbeer cookies are generally Harry Potter themed. Oh, okay. I didn't but- know that. Butterbeer okay. is a flavor of that, but also because my wife loves those cookies. Sweet. And I didn't take any home. I forgot them. I mean, there's still a chance Great. my dog eat them that's true your dog yeah. did try to get them at all times yeah so yeah but going into my recipe right away i think because yep. i like those cookies i've made them before and they are truly one of my like easy bread and butter recipes for me to do so you're gonna be starting off with i believe right off the bat you're gonna need a cup of brown sugar half a cup of normal sugar a cup of butter, and preferably softened. We don't need this to be really cold. You're going to be mixing it right away. Throw those three things into the the uh, mixer. Get them all combined, like a couple minutes on the mix. After that, you're going to be throwing in two eggs, a pack of butterscotch pudding mix, a teaspoon of vanilla, and then let that also mix in there until it's all combined. Add in your flour, which is going to be two, three-fourths cup of flour, Followed on with some baking soda, which is a teaspoon and a tablespoon of cornstarch. And then also I'd throw in a cup of white chocolate chips up to your liking of chocolate chippiness. Yes. Mix that all completely together again. And then easily scoop them out, put them on the pan, and then make a little divot. And then this is the worst part (laughs) is sorting all the M&Ms by color. Yeah, I didn't want to do that, so I didn't. Yeah, so I did. I sat at the table <laughs> and was like a little Cinderella with the three like stepsisters. Lovely, amazing time. So, and then, yeah, you just put a thumb and print in there, and then I put four to five right in the middle of them, pinch it shut, roll it back again, put it on the pan. And a little tip for you making cookies, because I make big cookies, but when you're done, they get in the pan, they're still balls. Give them a little slap with the palm flatten them out that will help them spread a lot less yeah on your pan and then 350 in the oven 11 to 13 minutes bake until golden ish brown okay and pull them out and then you're done and I, that way when yeah i didn't notice you doing it but the, the dough doesn't need to sit like in the refrigerator and get chilled or anything no okay. no it goes straight straight from the frying pan right into the oven so, i apologize too i got a cold going on or allergies something's going on we both so, got snobby yeah. things yeah but yeah, other than that, it's really easy. And then the best part about them is store them in the fridge. They don't have to be, but I would say they last yeah. longer that way. They're still soft and gooey on the inside to a degree. They're hard on the bottom. And then when you give them out to your friends, they pick them out randomly. And then it's that cute little sorting hat thing where they can pick up them, break them in half, and see what house they belong to. I like to throw black M&Ms <laughs> in them. I think they might be black or brown. I'm not sure. Yeah, brown. Brown ones? Yep. Okay. I like to throw those ones in and be like, those are the, the dark forces one. Huh. Um, I just think it's a funny thing to do because it, it pisses people off. And they're like, <laughs> I don't want to be Voldemort. And I'm like, yeah, sucks to be you, man. <laughs> but other than that, it's a great recipe. 
they I think they taste great. They're not yeah, they're good. They're not crazy like crazy amazing cookies, but they're like perfect for any kind of party. They're super They're different. Yeah, they have that nice butterscotchy taste, mm-hmm. and they also have with the vanilla and the white chocolate chips, it balances out to be where it's kind of like a, a vanilla cream kind of yeah. flavor. And then you get the fun aspect of the reveal. You don't need to throw M&Ms in there if you don't want the, that reveal thing, or you can just, they're just M&Ms, so you can just throw them in the middle and be done. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something, and then I was like, you know what? No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So. They're super easy to make, and I find them to be a quick and easy cookie recipe and that's it. I mean, they're not hard to do. Just get a mixer and put them in the oven right away. Just like other chocolate chip cookies, but yeah. it's simple. Cool. So yeah. And then you made dirt cake, which I yes. had for the first time. Um, I thought it was going to be similar to like dirt cups where I like, I'm used to like just the dark could, chocolate could, with nothing creamy, but you could church it up any way you want to. You can have like little, you can have a freaking church it up, it up not anyway. juice it up. Yeah. You can church it up any way you want to. Like yeah. there's some people that go all out and get little tiny little cups and spray paint them the color of the potted plant. Oh you, yeah, I get, you could do that. You can also yeah. like I was get telling him with little the, the little dinosaurs. Flower, yeah. and you can make them lava, but yeah, yeah, that too. Tar. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of ways you can make this yep. all. I'm used fun. to gummy worms inside of them. Yeah, I like, am too. I didn't have them, so I didn't put them in there. Yeah. They were good though, and that made a whole lot. What is Oh my gosh. Is it a difficult thing to make? No. All you need is a bag of Oreos. You need eight ounces of cream cheese. You need I used to get skim milk, but you can use whole milk. I'd probably prefer whole milk just because you have to use the French vanilla pudding and then I don't know, all the all the good sugary stuff. And then you just mix it kind of all together, except for the cookies where you have to like take a gallon baggie and beat the crap out of it, or you can put a put them in a food processor and you get them all crumpled up and in, into like little flakies. Yeah, that way they're just dirt. Yep, dirt. And that's your dirt. And what you do is after you get all of the um I guess pudding, cream cheese, cool whip, milk, you get all that all incorporated together and then you uh layer it each other. That's not hard. No, it's not hard at all. It's takes And it made a whole lot too. Yeah. And you didn't like double that recipe or anything? Nope. That's the single recipe and that is going to feed a family of six, and you're going to have uh, leftovers. <laughs> that was that was quite, yeah, you had like half of it left over yep. still. That was really good, though, too. I liked it. A little bit goes a long way just because of how sugary it is, but it's good. It, it also has that weird, like, texture. Yeah, kind of like it's creamy, but creamy, like, and then there's some kind awkward of, crunches. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's, it's kind of like the thing is you could use any Oreos. You can use, you don't even need to use French vanilla. You could use chocolate. Have a double chocolate dirt cake. That would definitely be something that my wife would like. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that was. You can go sugar free. You can go non sugar free. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then also, we did a. I, I mean, on, on the note of that, you could also put that. It, it, you had it in a big bowl, but you could also put it in thin layers on a, on oh, a cookie yeah. or uh, on a. Like, what's it called? It might actually Baking be good enough thing? where you could, you could put it into a. A deep dish like a cake pan. Oh yeah, put it in cake pan, and then go and freeze it. Maybe. Oh yeah, you could put it into a cake pan though, and then 
decorate it however you like. Yeah. And it's a really easy dessert mm-hmm. to serve up. A scoop is filling enough to where it's great. You use the bowls, I use yeah. plates, whatever you do. For and that's the, why like some people thing. use those cups and they get all creative with it. Yeah, then, just, then they're like for dessert yeah, cups for yep. events. Yep. It's not a hard in thing a ramekin. for events for sure. If you want to see the layers, glass is obviously the choice unless clear plastic. Yeah. And the fact that it doesn't require like much, stuff, like, there's stuff, no heating that. in there. No, no heating, no cooling, it's no It's no baked just, dessert, which nope. is great. It's just requires crushing up Oreos. Five minutes. Degree. Five minutes. If you have all this stuff in hand, like right in front of you and you got it all measured out, five, ten minutes tops. <laughs> just to make a quick dessert. Yep. And that's something you can make like at any moment in time too, since it is so quick. The only problem with that is it's going to the grocery store to pick it up. You have to go from one side to the other side, or at least I do because they're on different yeah, sides. Yeah, that's, that's how they work. It's, it's horrible yeah. how they place things in there just for marketing crap. Yeah. But yeah, and then we also played a quick game of... Okay, what was that game? Do you? No, no, no. Uh, brew, microbrew. Microbrew, which yes. I have it in my pocket, actually. I think. <laughs> you can't hear that jingling, but it's there. <laughs> it is a tin mint game. So it is in the... It's in like a little tiny um, Fits in your container. pocket. Yeah, it's a super tiny tin game. Uh, it's meant for two players. It takes like an hour to play. Yeah, it was fun. It in, is really good. It's it's a weird micromanagement system where you have the tin full of ingredients of hops and malts, and then you are trying to figure out how they're going to go together. You're moving them around to create beers that are going to be perfect matches for certain guests. Or not perfect matches, and you're guests like guests around I'm the world, just... actually, huh? Guests around the world, yes, it's international yeah. game, international. But you're just trying to figure out what beer they want. If they get the perfect beer, you gain them as a loyalty customer, and they stay there. And then the first one to have, or the first one to get to twelve, or the one that has the most in the game wins. Yep. And you can also just buy people off through marketing. If you're like, I'm not going to make perfect beers, I'm just going to make beers and then sell them for cheap. You can do it that way. I think if I play the game again, that's the way I'm going to do it. I think it's it's a fifty fifty chance because if you make if you sell them really quickly, you're you're trying to like either keep refreshing the customers. That's true. Yeah. If you make those perfect beers, it's a great way of I don't know. I enjoy making that kind of perfect beer because it's also a puzzle. Yeah. But you're randomly grabbing ingredients from the tin to fill up your hops, and then you can there's upgrade options and secret goals to give you some extra customers at the very end to kind of try to surprise people. Yeah. But we were neck and neck for the last, I think that's the, the closest I, that's the closest I've ever gotten to winning. And then we went, <laughs> we went back and forth, back and forth. And Chad was trying to get like an extra to two customers. And I was just the whole time being like, great, he can keep doing that. I'll just gain a bunch of money and then I can steal one at any moment in time to make sure I win. But at the it end was, of the game, I knew that's what your strategy was. It's just like, yep, I'll just make one beer and then sell it to that guy and force him to become my friend. Yep. But it is an enjoyable game. It's super tiny. I don't know how much it is. I, I remember buying this. It was a while ago. I can imagine probably like 20, no more than 50. It, oh, oh, it's way below $50. Okay. I, I mean, was say. like, here, give me a second to look it up. Right. But it is by, oh, come here. What's it? What's it? Who's it by? One free elephant is the name of the company, and they also include like a little tiny elephant meeple in there, which is just a fun like thing they do for yeah. the game. 
And I'm trying to. Oh, come on, micro. Oh, because they're one elephant, duh. Yeah. yeah okay. So there's one elephant in there. And then duh. there's one elephant that just sits there the whole time. Got this it. game, I believe, is twelve dollars. Sweet. On Noble Night Games, so easy peasy. And then you can also, I think, buy like full coasters or something like that that have multiple. You can have more more than two people play it. Yeah. If you buy two copies of the game, or if one person has it and you have it, you can play a four-player game, which is something I've never done. But mm-hmm. I keep this in my backpack when we travel, and it is a great it's a, it's a great thing. It's like in an Altoids. Yeah. Altoids, Altoids yeah, yeah, yeah. Altoids. Yep. So it's really easy. You can print and play to try it out. And there, I mean, there is it's a fun game. And it has, let's see here, in this tin, there are... The two brewery cards for the people. There are forty-eight different beers, or forty-eight different malt tokens, okay. and a brewmaster token for the game. Uh, one tiny elephant, <laughs> two upgraded valves, a bunch of copper stills, twelve customers, sixteen different beers, and that—that's all you need. So you're just going back and forth every single turn. Yeah, you play down your beers, so you take them off your copper, and that creates your recipe and then every single turn you end you pass a little tiny turn marker back and forth that reminds you to take one hop off the beer because it's fermentating and as long as all of them match it's perfect and nothing's skunked yep if one of them doesn't match or if one or more don't match that's fine you're able just to put one token on there and it reduces the quality by one yeah but it's it's nice how every single turn you pass your turn every beer is getting closer to finish so it feels like it's an even paced game to where if I get my beer in the early of the game, I'm definitely going to like definitely going to be able to finish this beer by the yeah, end of the yeah. round and maybe even sell it. But even if you do what we were doing and it was the end of the round, we all had one meeple left. As long as someone keeps bouncing your meeple back off that board, <laughs> you're able to keep brewing and selling and serving beers. Right. And it is a wacky like combo game of trying to figure out the right mixture. Right. Kind of. Like organized chaos. Yes, it does have a slight thing of RNG, of course, because you are randomly taking uh, hops and malts and stuff from the tin to put them onto your board when you do like uh, a full flush or a kind of action like that. But at the same time, they do have the hops, which you can do as wilds and replace them out. Yeah. And again, if you don't get the perfect beer, that's not the big deal. Like you can still take a recipe, even though you can't do it correctly and just skunk it and sell it and just. And completely then you turn... counter to the next person that was like, oh, yeah, I knew you wanted this beer, yep. so sucks to be you. Right. And so then... I've seen you getting the ingredients ready. <laughs> yep. And then you can also, you know, sell the beer to someone, the thirsty customer, and you flip that customer over. So you still gain your money from it, and then they have to waste an action to go yep. do a break time to flip them over, or they can't do it until the end of the round where they all flip over. So there's a lot of strategy in the game, and since it's only a two-player game, it's a great husband and wife or... Kid, put it in kid. the put it in the purse for for yeah. a kid or in the wall. I mean, again, it fits in your pocket right. super easy, or in the car. It's yeah. There is a lot of bits though, so I wouldn't play this in, in a movie car. Yeah, I would play it in a stationary area, but table. it's tiny bits because it's a tiny game, and therefore you might lose some. So just be careful with that. But if you upgrade this tin, you're like, well, you know, I want it to be more secure. You could definitely get a small, tiny box and put baggies on the stuff, and you'll never sure. lose anything. But the tin itself is 
it's a good quality Altoids tin. It's not going to rip open. And it's just such a cute little artwork on the on the thing, too. Super cute. I just love it. I love Tiny Games. Yeah. After getting this one and going through Tiny Epics, which are definitely a great series that I want to do a couple episodes on, as I want to yeah. do, I think we'll just end up doing one episode on just Tiny Epic Games. Okay. And that will be a definitely a bonus. It'll be a long episode because there's a lot of them. Okay. But they're fantastic. I mean, and we bring those to breweries all the time because they're a small, under six inch big box. And we went to a, a brewery in Woodbury. Um, Third Act. Third Act. Yeah, they have games and stuff yeah, on there. Yeah, a lot saying. of breweries do have games now. Oh, they? Okay. Yeah. And I, I like that because, I mean, yeah. it's more encouraging to go there and chill. I mean, sit. you're definitely there because they're like, you should buy more beer. Yeah, right, right, beer. right, right, right. But we do the um, St. Paul board game meetup, and that is the third Thursday of every month. They go to <laughs> a new – they rotate between the breweries. They go there. You can get some beer. Sometimes it's on discount for being there for part of the events. And right. then they always have a food truck there most likely. And then you just get to meet up with a bunch of people, bring games or don't bring games, and still be able to play. And that's on uh, Meetup is uh, meetup. the website. Okay. You can go on there and look for St. Paul Board Game Group. But – that's a ton of fun, and it's another way to get into an environment of board games and trying them out with other people. Right. So I'll be there every Thursday. Uh, <laughs> every other, every third Thursday of the month, I'll be there. Oh, okay. And we were just at Burning Brothers in Minneapolis. Is. This is just a funny story because we used to make cans. The backstory <laughs> of the Ball Bros. We used to work for a company called Ball uh, St. Paul. Chad can't talk about it, but I can because <laughs> I didn't take the hush money. <laughs> But it is now no longer with us, and we're pretty happy about it, but it was a good gig for a while. And we made aluminum cans, and when we were doing Burning Brothers, I walked to the, the, flat, the, the place. I'm like, oh, my God, it reminds me of my life. <laughs> I looked at the cans in the ground on pallets, I'm like, and I went and talked to the guy. I'm like, where do you get your cans from? He's like, Crown. I'm like, good. <laughs> awesome. Good for you. <laughs> so it is a, it's interesting to be able to walk in there. Burning Brothers, you... The game room they have is they shut down. They're not making or filling beers during okay. that time. But you're in that brewery area. And you get to see the whole can filling operation, the depal. It is just a cool operation to see. Awesome. And, again, the, the beer there was really good, too. I got a lemon-lime shandy. Yeah, honestly, I'm not a beer guy, so I don't know. I know. But <laughs> I, every so often, I really want to get out there and try a different bunch. And yeah. that is a great way of doing that as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But that's uh, that's all I got for the day. I got nothing. I was just sitting there saying, yeah, because it was I, I like, I like board games, man. <laughs> yeah, I like it, to talk about it. And whenever we get one, that is a really great game that, you know, like I said before, me and my wife own 200 games. Easily, let's just say easily. <laughs> so we own a lot of board games and whenever I get to play them with someone and they enjoy the game, it makes me love it even more. But especially when you can show someone that such a tiny game can be Super such, fun, such a such... great fun game. Cause most people write off, small games is card games that's yes card games are gonna be small fun and not beings this is a complex game that can be played for a long time yeah this, and this little bin is probably the size of a card deck is an altoid tin yep. if you do not know what altoids is you might be too young for this podcast but <laughs> Altoid, i mean is a mint tin it under i don't know a 52 card deck is exactly yeah, it's, the same it's size the same size <laughs> and it is a fantastic game yep. and another one that so we have some extra time too, but another game recommendation I'd like to mention out and Chad hasn't played this one yet, but 
Oh, it's called Regicide, and it is just a fifty-two card deck of oh. cards, and it is a ace through or ace through uh, king set of cards for each set. It's you could play this game with a normal playing card deck. Okay, and it's really simple. You, it's a cooperative game. It's super hard, and it is a great. I have it in my pocket at work all the time because mm-hmm. I pull it out, and I enjoy playing that more than solitaire. You, you just said solitaire because I was playing solitaire. Well, I used to play solitaire ball. Like I okay. used to bring that game, and then right. I started saying no. And I used to, and you know this, I yeah. used to start bringing board games mm-hmm. to work, and then breaks became a lot of fun mm-hmm. because I would convince people to come play, and we'd have a great time. Right, and that became a thing at one point. Was like we had our friend Derek mm-hmm. Hoffman. He would come. Off, I'm saying names, but he would come <laughs> offline, and he'd come over, and he'd be like. Hey man, and I'm like, yeah, I got the goods. We're playing, <laughs> we're playing Tinder Box. But Regicide is oh, that's the one that uh, with the blocks, it? which is another small box gla- yep, small yep. box game. But that somebody that's going to be non named because I don't know broke Ooh. your little tweezers with that game. Who was that? <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. I'll say it out here. <laughs> oh no, it doesn't I'm matter. I'm thinking. It doesn't matter. I bought another copy anyway. Okay. It doesn't matter. But that's a great game too, and that's again in a same size, small mint bank, like all toy tin can. But Regicide is you take all the jacks, queens, and kings, and you shuffle them into like little four card decks, and you stack them on top of a pile, so it goes king, queen, jacks, and then you shuffle out a set, like a set of cards to everybody else, and you're you're trying to defeat the the royal party. So you start mm-hmm. off and be like, okay, jacks have. 15 health. I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. I think they might have 10 or 20. 40. Have, I think they have 20 health. Point being is you play down a 10 and it does 10 damage. But if it's a 10 of hearts, you draw 10 cards from the discard back into the deck. A 10 of diamonds, you draw those many cards so everyone refills their hand. A 10 of spades then d- does block so it prevents damage from you guys getting hit. And then a 10 of clubs doubles the damage so it would be a 20 damage. Huh. And then if you exactly kill the enemy, you put them on top of the deck to be drawn again. And then there's are very powerful cards. If you overkill them, they go into the discard and they get shuffled to the bottom of the deck. And it's this really great game of, you know, it's my turn. Do I try to kill this thing or do I assume that hopefully Chad has the card to perfectly kill it? And then I just try to play some defense cards or I'll take the damage, take 10 damage and lose 10 damage worth of cards from my hand and then do something else. And that's a great co-op game. You can play it by yourself or up to four. Super. You fun. sound super excited about it, but I have no idea. I did not follow it. It's super of that. easy. It's super <laughs> easy to learn. And it, it really is a great game. And I haven't seen it in stores in a while. Figure a game with eating cookies with. It would be, it'd be a fantastic <laughs> game yeah. to play cookies with, but it is really good. And then also, even more so, we played Fossils the other night oh, yeah. with three people instead of the two, and it was way more competitive. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. So, and we also added in a couple expansions that can go up to four up or to, five, up to five, five. That'd be crazy. I with think five. it'd be crazy. Yeah, huh. but That'd that was a really fun game too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, check it out. Uh, that butterball cookies are or butterbeer cookies are great, and the dirt cake was. An easy recipe to simple, throw together simple. at any moment in time for a party. Spatch or just... cock a chicken and do some dirt cake. Yep. And then take out a game. 
Yeah. Dude, you had to look down to see, make sure it was okay, what it was called. Yeah, it's called microbrew. Micro <laughs> Take out some microbrews. And again, like I said, microbrew is a great game to play at a brewery too, is because people get interested, and then you can have, you know, another game packed away, and you can make a lot of new friends that way too. So, yeah, thanks I for listening. Friends. You hate friends. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel good. <laughs> thanks for right. listening. Thanks, to guys. The feast and the cook and all that shenanigans. And y'all have a great week. We'll yeah. see ya in a couple more. Cool.